0: Welcome to Fresh Spun Yarns. My name is Bryn, and I'd like to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a swamp. Now, that's not unusual. There are swamps everywhere. But this is a really cool swamp because it was massive and it was mysterious. It also was somewhat impossible. The trees were bigger than houses and so close to each other that beetles had to hold in their breath if they wanted to pass between two trees. And the vines! These vines would have made Tarzan envious. They were thick, strong, and just about everywhere you looked. He may not have liked the muck so much, though. Do you want to have clean hands? No luck. You're in a swamp, and even your sweat is a little gritty, making everything stick to you just that bit more. Disgusting, gross, grody, slimy, sticky. All words that could apply to being in that swamp, unless you're a witch. Here are some words that would apply to this particular swamp if you were a witch. Isolated, human free, relaxing, delightfully muggy, very resourceful. And that swamp water, mmm, it just rests on the tongue and slides down the throat. So, so good. Those reasons are why Mildred moved into this swamp she was a witch ready for a swampy retirement and she wasn't in the swamp she was technically slightly above the swamp see she had taken some of her magic for age had not dimmed her power and made herself a beautiful house let me tell you this is the kind of house you want to retire to if you are a witch in the heart of the biggest friendliest tree there is a little place to rest her fire and her cauldron above it far above the swamp water below she even had a vine attached to a great wooden spoon that twirled so she wouldn't even have to stir genius the gaps between the branches were perfect to let in that first little bit of moonlight and that last bit of sunset her house was perfect for her tons of bug traps endless nooks to store the all the ingredients the swamp provided for her stews and finally the time and the space to make potions. That had to be the best part of retirement. There were no weird, lonesome princes showing up and declaring she must make them a potion to slay a dragon, who was just existing, first of all, and there were no willowy damsels and distress saying, I need a potion to save my true love. Mildred always doubted they were truly in love. Harmonizing does not equal love, but no one ever asked the witch for advice, just easy solutions. And there were no gross, greedy businessmen asking for anything to turn anything into money. So, she could make what she wanted and didn't have to sell it to anybody. That is what good retirement looks like. Mildred loved it. Oh, she loved that house. She put every little bit of care and admiration into that house and it just shone. Well. Shone is a figure of speech. Witches aren't very good at housekeeping, but it grimed and it grossed and it was great. It was murkier than anything else in that swamp and it was home. For the first time in her entire life, Mildred felt her shoulders relax. She felt the weight of the world disappear, melt into the vines, the roots of the vines, and just be released. Mildred was living her swamp witch dreams until she heard sounds. Sounds that did not sound like the scuttling of swamp creatures or the splishing of other types of swamp creatures. It didn't sound like the slow groaning ache of trees growing. It didn't sound like anything she was used to. It sounded like a flippity-floppity smack of plastic sandals echoing off the still waters. Granted, She'd never heard a flip-flop before, but Mildred knew the sounds of unwanted company when she heard it. She had to figure out what was going on. Witches are known for their curiosity, obviously. So she lurked, and she peered. And, you know, witches are extremely nimble. You don't think it when you look at them, because you see a blob with more blobs. Yet, all witches are fast on their feet under all those layers of clothing, so mildred may have been centuries old but she was quite spry and she crept her way along the vines and peered down and all she saw was brown which fit right into her little paradise but then the brown moved and she saw bright blue horrid pink the neonest of neon yellows that could possibly exist in the entire world it was a little distressing this was a swamp witch She likes her colors swampy, but when she looked down, she saw some nice soothing swamp colors and then a bunch of terrible not swamp colors. It made her whole body shudder in revulsion. She hated it. It was awful. It put her in physical pain. She had to kill it and make it stop. Have you ever seen a color combination so ugly it made you throw yourself off a perfectly sturdy vine to tackle Bigfoot? Because Mildred did. Now, Bigfoot, he was just having himself a good time. He finally got this goddamn cameraman off his back. He finally found a shirt that fit him. He could move his arms and nothing would rip. Even better, it was super colorful. At some point in the 80s, he'd gotten pretty envious of those colorful shirts tourists were wearing and now it was his time to shine. Even better, somebody left those novelty flip-flops just this size on the side of the road. Who does that? Who leaves a perfectly good pair of shoes on the side of the road? Robert didn't care because of course his name is not Bigfoot. That's a job description robert was delighted with his sudden venture into being stylish and having shoes and it was perfect timing because he had just moved to this fancy mysterious swamp to begin his long awaited retirement he hadn't even gotten to have a perfunctory look around the place when all of a sudden there's a thing on his back ripping at his shirt you have to remember For years, for decades really, Robert had been in love with Hawaiian shirts. He saw them from far, far away behind massive ugly cameras, this little bit of tropical pattern gleaming. Their brightly colored parrots, their giant pink hibiscus flowers. It was so beautiful and Robert was getting kind of tired of brown. Don't tell anyone but Bigfoot was a little bored of the colored brown when he saw it all day, and then finally he found this shirt. It was beautiful, it hadn't ripped yet, and now there was somebody trying to rip it. Robert had to defend his shirt, so he reached around snapped her off his back, and flung her through the sky. Mildred screed through the air until she went splat against a giant tree, exactly like a gnat getting hit with an oak tree in your own backyard. As Mildred slid down the trunk of the tree, Robert busied himself checking the status of his precious shirt. Thankfully, not a rip in sight. When his inspection was finished, Robert looked up into Mildred's irate face. She was furious, and she gave him the only talking to he had ever received. She told him why his shirt was ugly, and that he was ruining the sacred color of the swamp. She told him that his footwear was too noisy, and it drowned out the gentle buzzing of the swarms of insects. Above all, she told him, in no uncertain terms repeatedly, he was not welcome. Robert couldn't help but to be incensed as well. After all, nobody wearing millennia-old rags has any right to opine on fashion. And how could she be sure this was her swamp? There was never a deed on it. They each stormed off. They each took to storming about the swamp about as much as you can storm in a swamp, growling things for the other to overhear. But after a few long and dramatic years, all mythical creatures are prone to drama, makes the time pass by, they came to an accord. Because eventually, she did determine he was allowed to exist in the swamp, but away from her. And she, he thought, was allowed to have her half of the swamp. So much like any 90 kids movie, they drew a line down the swamp, which did in fact mystify any intempered explorers, but it was fine. They existed like that for decades. Her and her tree on her side and him skulking around on his side. And it was fine. All was fine. Until, until the goddamn bugs. Well, there were always bugs. It's a swamp. Both Robert and Mildred were quite happy with the size and variety of the swamp's bugs. The bugs were some of Mildred's best friends. But these bugs, these new bugs, they were not the usual kind of bugs. They were nobody's friends. They did not hang out. They never came to tea time. They just skittered. And they skittered horribly, which is very difficult to make a witch of horrified of skittering, but they did. They left a horrible, awful slime that clashed with the swamp's unique slime. And on top of it all, these bugs were getting huge. They were so big and tough that when they wanted to walk between two trees, they'd shoulder the trees out of the way. The redecorating of the swamp was depressing to Robert, who had spent decades in the forests and never seen trees just be pushed aside like reeds, let alone by a beetle. Bugs, cool. Slime, great. Giant, sliming, glittery bugs, Ugh, they were messing with the aesthetics of the place. But worse than messing with the aesthetics of the place, eating the place. When Robert noticed a large bite taken from his favorite skulking spot, and Mildred's sun duck was nibbled right off her tree, they realized the most awful truth. They'd have to come together and get rid of these creatures so the good bugs could come back. Sure, the witch had lots of great spells, And Robert could growl at the bugs in his big footiest ways. But by themselves, they just weren't getting rid of the infestation. And she did every spell she could think of. And he tried every growl he could think of. Robert also did do some squishing. He has big feet for a reason to better squish bugs with. But he was one man with two feet. And she was one witch with some spells that were better suited for centuries past. They had to come together, and so they did. Mildred and Robert met on the line, and they crossed their arms, and they made a big show of being deeply grouchy and deeply resentful of the fact that teamwork had to come into play. They may not have been happy about it, but they made a plan. See, Luckily, Mildred had been perfecting the basic farming techniques of how to raise sheep in a tree by a swamp for a few decades now. Even more luckily, Robert was the smelliest he'd been since the 70s when he'd last taken a bath. He was so coated in dirt and slime that mosquitoes fell dead before they could try to bite him. It was quite perfect. So the first thing Mildred did was dunk Robert in her tub. She soaked him down with swamp water to add a little extra flavor to his stink, and they scrubbed him until every bit of his nasty smell was off his skin and in the water. Oh, it was very disgusting for both of them, but sacrifices had to be made. Mildred took the bathwater and boiled it down in the cauldron for a week until they had a little vial of stinky, stinky goop. It had everything stinky. It had swamp water. It had Bigfoot sweat those are the two smelliest things on earth so by default it had everything stinky and was the smelliest thing on earth mildred took her vial of concentrated nastiness and she gave her sheep all a little whiff of it they were so grossed out that their wool grew in this nice stinky color the wool itself was smelly and also the color made you think stench awful if you want a sweater but it was the key to mildred's magic spell Together, Robert and Mildred sheared the nasty wool from the poor sheep, spun it, took turns knitting it, and together created a surprisingly beautiful cloak. Mildred donned the cloak, and she and Robert launched into an intricate waltz they had spent weeks perfecting. Mildred had been a very exacting choreographer, declaring that each footstep and flourish was crafted to bring the bugs closer into their trap. It was difficult, even for Robert, who had learned to waltz in the 1780s to better hone his creeping abilities. Their dance was just so damn entrancing that all the bugs found themselves drawn to it, and with a massive flourish, Mildred whipped out her cloak, flung it around, caught every single bug by surprise. The scent, which had been tentatively wasping towards the beetles, now overwhelmed them, and each giant beetle tilted up and fell on its back in a smell-induced faint. Robert did his own special tippity-tappity dance all over them to squish them into the ground with great satisfaction, and Mildred and Robert shook hands for a job well done, relieved they could return to their respective cryptid habits. But at this point, I mean, they were just dancing. They spent a lot of time together, united over a common enemy. You can't bathe somebody and collect their sins and not develop a fondness for them." While they could return to their habits, the animosity between the two had faded. They had the solitude they wanted, and it was wonderful. And now they both came to the conclusion that they really wanted a friend who could understand the occasional need for solitude. And wasn't it fun dealing with the interloping bugs, squishing the interloping bugs, shearing the sheep who, after a good shear, were back to being fluffy and white, At this point, the line got lifted, the intrepid explorers were a little less confused because there was no line to be confused by, and Robert would come over for tea at her place. Mildred started practicing creeping in the woods with him. So we end our tale here, with Mildred and Robert having settled nicely to their retirements and having found the most satisfying part of the swamp, a new friend. Thanks for joining me in this tale. This was made with the participation of chat on Twitch. Drop on by and offer your own prompts if you like. This was sparked from the mental image of Floridian Bigfoot and a retired witch, and I hope to continue Mildred and Robert's story in the future. They're fun characters, and I put a lot of thought into their stories before they retired and after they became friends. Thanks so much, and have a wonderful day.